Our Future Now is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. And a politician will put us in their campaign ads or have us show up at a fundraiser and get the sympathy vote. But then when it actually comes down to it and making sure that they're fighting for us, it's like pulling teeth. I'm Jonah Gottlieb. I'm a youth activist stuck here in my house in Petaluma, California, quarantined like everyone else in America. And I'm the co-founder and executive director of the National Children's Campaign. Welcome to Our Future Now the National Children's Campaign podcast. We're here to educate the American people about why they should care about the issues that impact my generation. I'm joined today by my friend and one of the co-founders of the National Children's Campaign, Natalie Mebane. Hey everyone, I'm Natalie, co-founder of the National Children's Campaign and vice president of government relations and public policy. Natalie, what do we fight for at the National Children's Campaign? We fight for America's 74 million children whether it be for their health, their education, their environment, or their future. We ensure that they have a voice, whether they can vote or not. Damn. Damn straight. So Jonah, this is our first podcast episode. What are some of the things you want to cover as we have this podcast? I really just want to talk about how me and other people in my generation are being impacted, you know, by everything that's going on in the world right now. And I want to make sure that other people from different generations are really aware of these issues and know why they should care about the things that are happening to people my age. Cool. I think the reason I fight for this is essentially everyone should have a voice in their government. It shouldn't matter what age you are. It shouldn't matter where you're from. I think that usually kids are the ones left behind. They're the ones that don't usually get a say in anything, but they're the first affected by everything. I really want to get the message out there of how we can all work together, take action, and make the place that we live better for all of us. Every single time I go to D.C. or I go to a political event somewhere else in the country, it, it always has the exact same vibe, which is me going up and trying my hardest and then a bunch of old dudes, you know, thinking in their heads, why is this kid here? You know, really, I'm at these events and I'm doing what I do because I should have a voice and have a say in how my life goes and the government and its policies impacts so much of what happens in my life. You know, I think that COVID is a really great example of how government action or inaction can make a huge difference on, you know, people's lives in such a dramatic way. What made you become an activist? Like, what got you into activism? So I actually first got involved with activism during the wildfires that hit Northern California in October 2017. So I woke up one morning at like three in the morning and there were like 15, 20, 30 people at our door and in our living room and they had all been evacuated. And luckily we were just outside the evacuation zone, but we had our bags packed and in the car and we were ready to evacuate too. But for about a week, we were stuck in our house, not able to go outside because of the smoke and it feels a lot like today, actually, and how we were just, you know, you stuck in our homes for a long period of time because of some disaster that was out of our control. But then I did some thinking and I realized I've learned about climate change in school. I know what it is. And, you know, the government does have control. And so because I live in the United States, then I, too, have control over my government. And so I started writing a letter to my congressman and I ended up a few months later going to his office in Washington, D.C. and talking with his staff about 
the climate crisis and why people my age especially need action on the climate crisis in particular because my generation and future generations are being disproportionately impacted by this issue just because we're going to be here long after all those old guys in DC are gone. I think it's good that you took that that time that you were like you said you were stuck inside and you had a moment to really reflect in terms of the world around you and how the government's actions or inactions really affect you. I actually started off doing this work um, about the same time when I was your age, actually, 17 17 years ago when I was 17, when I realized that everything I cared about, whether it was social justice issues, environmental issues, they were all the same issues. There was never a separation between the two. And I kind of made that choice back in my senior year of high school, Jonah, just like you, that I decided this was the work I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I feel you on that. It does sometimes feel like your government isn't responsive. And I actually live just outside of DC and I get to go to the Hill pretty often. I get to talk to members in person. And I realize that if you're not there in the room, you're not able to really determine your own future. I think that's what led me into both activism, lobbying, organizing is that I wanted to have more control of my future. And I wanted to have more control over the actions that my government made that were going to affect me whether I was in the room or not. So it's really great to partner with you on this, knowing that you've came to your activism from that personal experience and that you're still working on it right now. I mean, that's all activism is, is demanding agency over yourself. And then as an extension, the government that impacts your life. And so it's demanding that the people we send to D.C. are still serving the interests of those who send them there. And so I think that every single politician will pose with kids in their campaign ads and, you know, maybe even have a young person speak at a rally, you know, if they want to really shore up the <laughs> youth You've done vote. that before, Jonah? Have you done that? Spoken at rallies? <laughs> spoken at rallies. I have, I've spoken at my fair share. Just a few, just but, a few, right? Just a few, yeah. But... Then when it comes to doing the heavy lifting in D.C., there are so many times that they'll pose with the kid in their ad and then vote to take away our right to clean air or health care or food and things like that. And so that's really why we exist as an organization is to remind these elected officials, either by talking with them or by organizing marches and strikes in the street, is to make sure that they're aware of what they need to be doing for the youngest Americans. I think that makes the most sense. And I love seeing the fact that your generation being Gen Z, right? I'm going to put myself out there. I'm a millennial, millennial and proud. We are, of course, an intergenerational organization because it does take all of us working together for the common cause. And we have to work together. There is no separation of who does what in terms of the work because we all have to do the same work to get to the same results. You mentioned being stuck inside and obviously, as you know, this is your senior year of high school, hey, class of 2020. With everything happening now, I know it's really affected your your school year. I know it's been really tough. You know, you're graduating soon, but of course you can't go to graduation. How's that been? Actually, it's been interesting just seeing with school being canceled across the country, my friends and I in Northern California kind of had this experience of being stuck inside for weeks at a time. And so we've kind of gone through this already. I was able to talk to my activist friends from around the country who were not used to missing school for weeks at a time due to natural disasters. And, you know, 
let them know how to get through it. And I think also being a youth activist and now having all my classes on Zoom, as an activist, I've pretty much spent four hours a day on Zoom for the past year and a half. And so I've reached my peak form. Gen Z is really adaptable that you guys were already using technology all the time for your organizing work. So for you, it hasn't shifted as much in terms of learning new technologies and organizing. But I can just imagine for your family, since like you're there with your brothers, your parents, what's it been while, you know, stuck in there with the whole family wall of you guys work? We're going to drive each other insane, but we're holding it together right now. It's interesting because both my parents are teachers. My dad's a school principal and my mom's a public school reading specialist. And my brothers are both in school. And so it's having to deal with all five of us on the same Wi-Fi network doing Zoom calls at the same time, trying to not fail my classes at the end of my senior year and try and graduate on a high note while also battling my brothers for the Wi-Fi. And it's, <laughs> you know, I'm just constantly having to use my data to FaceTime my friends to keep myself sane. Wow. It's such a new time. I mean, I know, like you mentioned about, you know, just being being stuck inside and how it's and how it's affected you and thinking about the changes in the world. You know, it's just thinking of all of you guys out there, too, who are also stuck inside right now, hopefully just for hopefully a short time longer. But of course, we just we don't know how long I'm thinking about a lot of things with my family. Half my family isn't from the U.S. My mom is from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean, and I have family there now. My grandma, who's 94, about to be 95 in June, and aunt and cousins and things like that. I think the hardest part has been knowing that if anything does happen, I can't go because the borders are closed, even to citizens. And I'm a citizen as well. You know, they had to do it to protect everyone. It's, it's necessary. It's a small place. If it takes off in a small place, they can decimate everything. But I think that's been sort of the mental stress of knowing the uncertainty and not knowing if anything happens to family or friends, not being able to really help. And I know that's probably something that a lot of you all out there are experiencing as well of kind of being that separation from those you love. So it is definitely a new time in our world. You know, being a youth activist, I've gotten to use Twitter and so seeing everyone on there talking about their relatives and people that I know through my activism who have COVID or have someone in their family who has it or nurses and things like that. And it's tough to see. And I think I have multiple friends who have it or had it and recovered. And it's scary stuff. We're definitely not alone in this, but I think talking about it can make a difference. Definitely. I think it's good for us to kind of work together and knowing that as our activism has moved to a new space and moved online for a lot of activities, especially with mobilizations that were planned, knowing that we're, we can still be in community. As, as the time goes on, the numbers become names and remembering that every number that passes, every time you hear a number, that that's a name and that's a person and that's a family member. And so making sure that we can connect with all of you and that we can still take action together, even in these trying times, making sure that we're still going to be fighting for education and fighting for the environment and fighting for all the rights of kids, no matter what age. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important is keep fighting. And just remember that while COVID may be such a huge issue that's impacting so many people right now, it's not the only thing going on. It's exacerbating other issues for sure. But climate, our huge Earth Day mobilizations are still going on. They've just been forced to a digital strike now in a huge 72-hour live stream. But a lot of our work is still continuing. You know, the bill writing that we're doing 
on a bunch of issues that impact young people. We're still out there writing bills and talking to members of Congress. We're still fighting to make sure kids have food in their bellies and schools to go to. And thinking of some of the things that we're both working on right now and working on in legislatively, you did mention, you know, we're doing some bill writing, working on Earth Day as well as Earth Day mobilization comes up in just a couple weeks, which is going to be exciting time, even though it's not going to be in person, taking action online and making sure that kids and activists around the country know how to write and introduce legislation. And Jonah, what would you say for folks listening at home? What is something that they can do right now? What is something that they could join us in if they do want to work with us on issues that affect kids and fighting for the rights of kids? The obvious step is go to nationalchildrenscampaign.org and check out what we do, nationalchildrenscampaign.org slash contact. And you can, you know, reach out to us and get involved. Also, you can do some research, find the Earth Day live stream and join us and join the thousands of youth activists from around the country and from around the world who are going to be leading a 72-hour long live stream on Earth Day, April 22nd, and then also April 23rd and 24th. And we'll be making sure that climate is not forgotten in the midst of this other crisis, because we know that these dual crises are going to keep getting worse unless we take action now. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. I think it's a it's a trying time for everyone, regardless of whether they work on policy or not. But we are still still definitely pushing forward as well with everything related to anything that impacts kids. So whether it's climate or environment or anything like that, and just making sure that we're still working together and contacting our members of Congress and making sure that they hear from us, because this is a really the most critical time for our government to hear from us, to ensure that they are responsive to our needs. And that's why I think it's great that you, Jonah, taking action for your generation, I'm taking action for mine, and that we can continue working together to really shape the government that we want. And I think that's so important that we have a podcast right now and we're able to share that and give people a little bit of insight on what we're doing. And I think it's so important also that it's an intergenerational organization, the National Children's Campaign, and that it's an intergenerational podcast. And so I can talk about the things that are impacting me and you can talk about why people who aren't my age should care. I think that's such an important thing is making sure that it's not just the kids caring about the things that impact our lives, but it's their parents and it's their grandparents and it's their coaches and it's their teachers and it's their doctors and it's everyone else who, who knows kids and who cares about kids and who has a vested interest in the future of my generation and the future of this country. And they can really empathize and see how we're being impacted by all these issues. And they can see how they can take action and join us in our fight. Absolutely. I think that's definitely the right idea is that this podcast, as we build it, there's going to be ways that everybody can take action, whether they're parents or not, whether they're kids, whatever age, and what we need to lay out to make sure that we make America the best place that it can be for all of us. So no, I definitely appreciate that, Jonah. And I know that even though this is towards the end of your senior year, of course, and you're starting to wrap up your studies, both now online, that when you ever you, you know, go to school next year, wherever next semester, wherever you end up going, hopefully that will be a better time. You'll be able to be back in class with your friends, making new friends. And hopefully we'll all be able to to go back to a, a world that we that we remember, but also working together now to make it even better than it was before. And I think we're already starting to look on the bright side. I'm, my friends and I are already planning on 
how we can rent out a venue for our own prom and get my friend's dad to DJ and <laughs> make sure that we're sending our grandparents the link to our virtual graduation. <laughs> we're trying to make best of this situation and show people that we're going to keep fighting through it and come out of it fighting even harder and hopefully with more of you on our side. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jonah. I think this has been great to really hear about how your year is going, your senior year, and sort of being right there at the front of experiencing this as a student, me obviously experiencing this as a, as a working adult, but knowing that we're going to be working together here at the National Children's Campaign. And of course, if anyone wants to help, they can go to nationalchildrenscampaign.org and join us in the fight. Let's do this. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks so much, Jenna. Next time on our Future Now, we will talk about how different students have been impacted and especially talking about the college experience. I know you'll be in college very soon, but what it must be like for that interruption and how folks are striving through what they're doing and maybe even some pointers of what students or teachers or even parents can do to make this transition a little easier. We'd love to continue connecting with you all. So check us out, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on all the social media platforms. I'm Jonah Gottlieb. This is Natalie Meebane. And this is Our Future Now. <laughs>